This is John and Robin Voiles of Celebrate Libraries with a New Ways to Dream podcast. Today, we're in Waukegan, Illinois at the Waukegan Public Library speaking with Amanda Civitello. Amanda, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you for coming to visit. I'd like to start off with just a a short profile uh, talking about uh, your job, your role here at the library, and then maybe if we can talk about the library just a bit before uh, getting into something that I'm really excited about, and that's your 2020 literacy plan. So how long have you been here at Waukegan? So uh, my role here at the library is as our marketing and communications manager. I've been a part of the team at the library since 2015. Um, And one of the things that really drew me to working here was the opportunity to be part of an organization that is firmly embedded in its community and that um, takes community needs as a driver um, and also as a way to um, try new things. We are an innovative space and we we really um, want to empower our team to try new things um, and to develop new services. Is this the first library you've worked in? Yes, this was the first library that I worked at. My background is in marketing for education management, so um, things like supplemental education, like after-school tutoring programs. Um, And what I was so excited about here at Waukegan was um, our breadth of services. We have a really wide service portfolio that spans traditional library services um, to some uh, newer outcomes-based literacy programming that I think we'll talk about more in depth. It really sounds groundbreaking to me, and I and I think the librarians and the librarian patrons who will listen to this uh, interview are really going to be intrigued by what you've been doing here at Waukegan. Well, thank you very much. We are we are definitely proud of our work, um, and we're always glad to share it. Um, so our Literacy 2020 strategic plan covers our 2014 through 2020 fiscal years, which means that we have a little over a year um, left on this draft, a little under a year. I'm sorry. Um, Our Literacy 2020 plan was set by our board in an effort to address community needs. Um, Our board at the time was really passionate about um, identifying needs in the community and um, charged us with first figuring out what they were um, and then with finding a way to solve it that made sense for a public library. And so what we did was we recruited a uh, volunteer army (laughs) to head out into the community and conduct listening sessions. What they did was they asked the question, what are the barriers preventing you from achieving success? And we received a wide variety of answers, but many of them were grounded in the day-to-day struggles that people in our community faced. Um, You heard my colleagues speak a little earlier about um, how a third of our adults over the age of 25 don't have a GED here in Waukegan. And you heard me talk about how um, nearly a third of our um, children under the age of 18 live below the poverty line. Um, We're home to the largest community of undocumented immigrants in Lake County, and over 77% of the kids in our school district speak Spanish as a first language. Um, we're um, over half um, of our community is um, Hispanic or Latino, and we knew that we needed it to evolve to better serve our evolving community. And so we sent our um, volunteers out, we said, what are those barriers? And they brought back a wide variety of things, everything from transportation to childcare, um, to not having the degrees or qualifications that they needed to succeed at their job. Um, And so we took that data, we took data from partners like um, our friends at United Way, and we developed our Literacy 2020 Strat Plan. And the best way that I can describe it is that we want to make measurable impact on our community's literacy by 2020. 
we do that by measuring the outcomes of our programs and services. Okay. Um, we have four key areas of impact, um, because mm-hmm. that, that's a tall order. And I, yes. I think our board acknowledged that. Yes. Um, but it is, it's, it's, a big, it's a big mission. And um, so we broke it into four chunks so okay. that we could be strategic um, in targeting our community. So the first area of impact is kindergarten readiness. We chose that because we know, um, we knew through research conducted by United Way that over 55% of children in Waukegan entering kindergarten weren't prepared for school. And we know that when they're not prepared, then they're not going to succeed. Sure. Um, so our kindergarten readiness programs help parents become their child's first teacher. And we do that through story times, through hands-on activities, and through our early learning center, which is a bilingual children's learning museum right in our children's department. Fantastic. I just wanted to ask, I didn't remember if we would, um, but this might be uh, germane to the, the interview. So what's the population size of, um, of Waukegan uh, proper? And then um, you're located, would you say, halfway between downtown Chicago and downtown Milwaukee, sort of? or I would say about halfway between downtown Chicago and Milwaukee. We're okay. about, um, I would say an hour, hour and a half north of, this, north of Chicago. Okay. Um, we serve a population about 89,000. Yeah, so our Literacy 2020 strategic plan has four areas of impact, kindergarten readiness, grade level reading, college and career readiness, and adult learning. Um, And one of the things I always like to mention is that not only are all of our programs free, um, but that as it concerns our adult learning initiatives in particular, they're open to anyone countywide. well, they're open to anyone who comes in through the doors, really. But we make a, se- a special effort to serve Lake County because, in some cases, we are the only service provider of the work that we do. Um, we welcome everyone into the library building, and we also take those adult learning programs out on the road, and we do them in other locations. So we partner with other organizations like churches um, or other libraries to be able to deliver our core services where people are. We want to meet the need where we find it, not put up another barrier by requiring people to come here. Yes. And is that other libraries within uh, the rail system? or? Yes. So we have strong partnerships with, say, the Zion Benton Library, which is a little bit north of us, um, where uh, Antioch um, Public Library, mm-hmm. um, where there are, we have colleagues who are just as committed to this work as we are and who um, help us deliver those services beyond our own walls. Did you talk about the way that you measure the success, the record keeping you that uh, you have available in uh, here at the library for some of these programs? Sure. So um, one of the distinguishing features of the um, adult education literacy services programs that we offer is that we have a department that's dedicated to this work. So I, I think we're fairly unique in libraries in that sense. Um, we have um, a department that... Um, not only administers the programs, but also evaluates them. Um, And on top of that, they recruit and train their volunteers. Um, One of the most special things about our programs and why we really need that kind of staffing support is that all of our adult education programs are outcomes and competency-based. What that means is that we pre and post test students in our programs and we follow them as individual learners. So while we do track attendance and we think that's important, um, the way that we measure our success is by looking at the growth of our individual students and then of course the growth in the number of individual students. And one of the things I think we're really proud of is seeing our um, individual adult learner count jump Mm -hmm. by over 50% over the past three years. Wow, that's really, uh, that's phenomenal. 
we're excited because um, it means not only are we getting the word out there, but more people are um, empowering themselves by finding resources and taking advantage of them. You mentioned you won a, uh, a medal in 2013. What was that for? Yes, we did. We won the national medal. Um, it is the highest recognition that a library can receive. Um, our executive director at the time, um, our um, some staff and one of our volunteers actually traveled to the White House um, oh. to meet Mrs. Obama, who presented wow. them with, with this award. What an honor. And it was, it was phenomenal. Um, I think at the time I wasn't here, unfortunately. Okay. Um, but at the time, they really involved the staff and the community in celebrating that. There was a parade. Um, because one of the things that struck me when I first came here is that people in Waukegan are so proud of their library. And um, I think part of that is due to the National Medal. So um, the National Medal, like I said, is the um, highest recognition a library can achieve. And for us, it honored our commitment to engaging our community and developing um, programs and services that responded to community needs and anticipated them. So um, our volunteer team that ascertained community needs was part of that. Um, services like our free field trip program, um, where kids from the school district come to the library for a free field trip through a grant, um, came out of the research that that um, team of promotoras or ambassadors um, did. And we were honored that we were able to send one of them to the White House. But yes, one of the most compelling things that we learned from this community outreach was the um, diversity of people, the breadth of their own stories, and the type of needs that they, that, um, they were reporting. Okay. Um, we heard stories from parents who were um, forced to decide between paying their library fines and buying groceries. Oh. Um, we heard stories from adults who knew that they needed to earn their GED or they would lose their job. Um, we heard stories from recent immigrants who said, I'm here in this country. I, I know that there are um, things I need to do to advocate for my child in the school system, but I don't have the communication skills yet to do that work. Um, and when people trust you with those kinds of stories, there's a lot of responsibility there. Yes because you want to create the services that will help them achieve their goals. When we think about Waukegan as being home to Lake County's um, highest proportion of undocumented immigrants yes. and having a huge immigrant population as a whole, um, language learning is something that's really essential and core to our um, adult learning services. Um, so my colleague spoke earlier about how we offer most of our programs in English and in Spanish. Um, one of the unique programs that we offer is called Veamos. Um, and so um, I like to think in terms of stories, you know, how does this impact a real person? And we had a student who came to Waukegan unable to speak English, but also unable to read or write in her own native language either. Um, she wasn't able to continue in school as a child, and um, when she came here, she found that a lot of language learning programs weren't accessible to her because she okay. didn't have that foundational skill in Spanish. Sure. Um, so De Amos is a Spanish literacy class for adult students um, who never had the opportunity to go to school or who only attended school for a few years. Um, and by taking enrolling in this class and through her own dedication, hard work with a tutor, um, our student learned how to read and write basic words in Spanish before long was able to read a simple book from cover to cover. Um, and those steps were the building blocks to her reaching her goals by um, 
enrolling in our TVDL, um, Temporary Visitor's Driver's License class, so that she could drive and she could access okay. the services she needed. Sure. And once she had that facility in Spanish and was comfortable in her skills, she could enroll in conversational ESL or meet with an ESL tutor so that we are able to get our students, meet our students where they're at, get them on the path to literacy and learning, and then support them all the way through their journey, whether that stays here at the library or extends to one of our partners at, say, the College of Lake County, which is our um, local community college. One of the programs we're most proud of here at the library is um, our adult uh, literacy tutoring program, which has a long history here in Lake County, um, beginning with the Literacy Volunteers of Lake County, a great um, 501c3 organization um, that uh, administered programs for many years throughout the county and then um, when they when they did um, close down was absorbed into the library's foundation so that that work would continue um, and the adult literacy tutoring program targets adults who test below the ninth grade level that's really important because in order to enroll in say a GED preparation class at, at a community college that you can get that high school qualification you have to test into high school a lot of adults don't and so our program steps in and fills that gap. Um, and so we have a student who um, started working on reading skills in the adult literacy tutoring program, not even thinking about maybe one day working towards that GED, but because he needed help managing everyday skills. If you can't read or if you struggle with reading, then you also are forced to rely on other people to help you manage everyday tasks like paying your bills or going to the grocery store yes. or reading your prescription label. Right. Um, and through a lot of hard work and the help of a dedicated tutor through this program that matches an adult learner with a dedicated, trained volunteer tutor, um, our student built his reading skills, increased his vocabulary, um, and continued to set goals as he went along. So one of the things we find is that our, in our programs, students don't just say, okay, one and done, I'm good. Learning something new, building a skill, celebrating that skill makes them want to learn more. Um, okay. And this particular student um, <laughs> said one of my favorite quotes, which in PR, if you can identify a favorite quote, it's pretty cool. Good. Um, he said, I wake up with a different attitude to life because of the help that I got at the library. I'm going to keep going until I can do whatever it is I want to do on my own for real. Wow, that's inspiring. He is inspiring. It's really, it's really great for us to sit here and tell those transformative stories. Yes. Um, it's even better to know these people as individuals, to hear them talk about their journeys, and then to see how they have taken the initiative and um, really set and achieved their own goals. It has to be rewarding for everyone here. It is phenomenally rewarding. So you were talking um, earlier before we started recording about Ray Bradbury. And so I understand that some of his, his personal library is stored here at the library, is that yes. correct? So Ray Bradbury is one of Waukegan's most famous sons, and um, Waukegan Public Library was his childhood library. Okay. Um, Ray spoke movingly about libraries being instrumental to his own education. He didn't have the opportunity to go to college and said, I got my education in libraries. Um, and as a result, he always had a special love for Waukegan, okay. um, which he reimagined in so many ways throughout his books. So when you read a Ray, Bra a Ray Bradbury novel and you hear about Greentown, Greentown is actually Waukegan. 
Oh, so interesting. He'll, okay. he'll write these um, sci-fi mysteries about the ravines and the landscape. He's talking about places that you can actually come and see here in Washington. Recognizable. Yeah, which yeah. is really cool. Um, so when he passed away in 2012, he did bequeath his library of personal uh, personal books to Joaquin okay. Public Library. Mm-hmm. Um, what that means is that we got his collection of books, the things he kept in his library, the books on his nightstand, books that aspiring authors had sent to him, um, overstocks of his own books. Every time they did a print run, he, oh. he would get a he would get a box of books to distribute to sure. his friends and whatever. Um, all of his manuscripts and personal effects went to um, the Center for Bradbury Studies at Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. Um, and we worked closely with Dr. John Eller, who is the director of the Center for Bradbury Studies, um, to better understand the um, treasures that Bradbury left us in his personal library and also help support their work. One of those treasures is um, Bradbury's last typewriter, which um, patrons can come to the library and see on display on our main floor. We'll be interested in seeing that because, as Robin mentioned earlier, um, we're finishing up uh, some work at Woodstock Public Library in, in uh, McHenry County, and it was home for many years of two of the two of the world's largest uh, typewriter uh, manufacturers. So it's going to be interesting to look at to see if one of his is a Woodstock library, uh, Woodstock a typewriter. Um, but what were you telling us about a? Um, sculpture that's going to be installed um, in Waukegan, uh, yes. Ray and, is, and are you free to talk about that now? I can. Okay. Um, so in 2014-2015, a citizen's initiative called the Ray Bradbury Statue Committee was formed. Um, our then director, Richard Lee, was um, chairman, and um, a number of local leaders also served. Their goal was to commemorate Ray Bradbury with um, a statue or sculpture in downtown Waukegan because we already have a statue of Jack Benny, um, which you probably drove past on your way in. Um, The uh, selection process was um, international. We received submissions from as far away as New Zealand, if I remember correctly. Um, And from a pool of um, over 40 submissions from artists around the world, we selected three finalists and ultimately the committee um, chose the proposal submitted by Zachary Oxman of Bethesda, Maryland, who is best known for commissions um, by the U.S. State Department under President Obama, including um, the gift that uh, the United States gave to Pope Francis. Wonderful. Um, so the statue will be installed later this summer on August 22nd, so maybe okay. you'll come back to see it. Um, <laughs> and it'll be placed outside the library and is meant to be a testament to Bradbury's creative spirit. On the library grounds. It'll be on the library grounds, and you can actually see images of it, um, hear a little video of Ray um, reciting the poem that inspired Oxford really? okay. by visiting www.raybradburystatue.org. Great. We'll make sure and put that in the um, on our webpage as well. That would be great. And I, I should say that it is a citizen's initiative. They handle the fundraising. So this is a fundraised project, okay. um, which I think is incredible. Um, What's the... Did you say the Library Foundation was involved? The Library Foundation is kind of um, shepherding it and um, maintaining good control over the money. Um, But the actual driving work of the fundraising has been done by by community leaders who are passionate about the arts and really wanted to recognize Bradbury here in the downtown. This is John and Robin Voyles of Celebrate Libraries with a New Ways to Dream podcast. Today we've been speaking with Amanda Civitello of Waukegan Public Library. 
Amanda, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today. Uh, it's been a very informative uh, and inspiring interview. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for the opportunity.